This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. We're going to talk about two major stories making waves in the automotive sector. The first is Volvo's strategic partnership with Connected Energy to repurpose old EV batteries into new energy storage systems, a move that holds promise for reducing battery waste. And the second story is all about Tesla hitting the milestone of producing its 5 millionth electric car in its ongoing experiments in vehicle manufacturing, which could drastically cut costs. Now, earlier this week, Volvo announced a collaboration with Connected Energy, a firm specializing in battery recycling. And Volvo has signed a letter of intent to construct battery energy storage systems, or BESS, following an initial investment announced last year. Now, with EVs becoming increasingly popular, finding a sustainable way to dispose of or repurpose used batteries has become a big concern. Now, Volvo and Connected Energy aim to tackle this issue by converting these old batteries into energy storage systems. And these systems will employ batteries from Volvo's existing line of electric buses, trucks, and other machinery. Matthew Lumsden, CEO of Connected Energy, shared his enthusiasm about expanding their technology to the European market in collaboration with Volvo Energy. Elizabeth Larson, Volvo's Energy Senior VP for Sales and Services, echoed these sentiments, highlighting the benefits of aligning the project with the principles of the circular economy. Now, Volvo expects to introduce this new energy storage system in Europe by 2025. Furthermore, at its Gothenburg facility in Sweden, Volvo has already started using Connected Energy's e-store system to access grid response rates. Now, switching gears, let's talk about Tesla, the EV manufacturer that continues to make headlines. This week, Tesla announced that it had produced its 5 millionth electric vehicle, a staggering accomplishment when you consider the pace at which the company has been ramping up its production. The first million took 12 years. The second million, 18 months. And now Tesla is on track to reach the 6 million mark by early of 2024. All of this production is contributing to Tesla's status as the largest all-electric car manufacturer globally with a growth rate that shows no signs of slowing down. Now, what makes this story even more interesting is the way Tesla is changing the game in vehicle manufacturing. And according to a recent report, Tesla is getting closer to achieving its goal of die-casting the underbody of its cars in one piece. Now, traditional manufacturing techniques often involve up to 400 original pieces that need to be assembled, which can be both time-consuming 
and costly. And if Tesla succeeds, they could cut manufacturing costs by up to 50%, setting a precedent for the industry. However, the shift in manufacturing isn't without challenges. Tesla is working with 3D printing and industrial sand to make prototypes, which gives them greater flexibility for design changes without breaking the bank. And even then, achieving the final product requires overcoming substantial hurdles, like the formulation of special alloys and fine-tuning the molten alloy cooling process. But if Tesla pulls this off, they'll set a new benchmark for the industry, putting considerable pressure on traditional manufacturers to adapt or risk becoming obsolete. Now let's do a bonus story here. Let's pivot from the roads to space, where something monumental is happening. NASA is collaborating with SpaceX to create the human landing system, the Starship human landing system, which will play a critical role in the Artemis 3 and Artemis 4 missions. And these missions aim to land American astronauts close to the moon's south pole. The HLS will use two distinct types of SpaceX Raptor engines, one tailored for sea-level atmospheric conditions and the other for operations in space, where there's no atmosphere. Now, last month, SpaceX showcased an important milestone for the vacuum-optimized Raptor engine. They ran a test proving that the engine could successfully operate under extremely cold temperatures, temperatures that a spacecraft would experience after spending extended periods in space. And this test is significant because one of the challenges specific to Artemis missions compared to low Earth orbit missions is that the landing systems might have to remain inactive in space for an extended period of time. Now, this causes the temperature of the hardware to plummet to levels much colder than what one would typically find on shorter missions closer to Earth. The company had already reached a significant testing milestone in November of 2021, and SpaceX demonstrated the Raptor engine's ability to manage a crucial part of landing on the moon during a 281-second test firing. This test aimed to verify two things. First, it tested the Raptor's throttle profile, its ability to modulate engine power over time. Second, it verified that the engine could sustain a burn for the entire duration of the descent phase of the mission. Both objectives were successfully achieved, bolstering NASA's early trust in SpaceX's engine development program. Simulation and in-situ testing are vital for refining Artemis moon landers. Now, these test runs offer a kind of mission-like validation of the systems that will be responsible for transporting astronauts to and from the lunar surface. And post-test data assessments offer NASA continuously growing confidence in the preparedness of the U.S. industry for the mission. And what's next for SpaceX's Raptor engines? They're slated for further testing during SpaceX's upcoming second integrated flight test involving both the Starship and its booster, the Super Heavy system. And by bringing in SpaceX and its innovative engine technology, NASA aims to ensure the success of future lunar missions. With rigorous testing and continued advancements, the partnership could usher in a new era of space exploration, paving the way for more advanced missions that extend well beyond the moon. While that was a packed episode, and we've covered Volvo's efforts in reimagining EV battery waste, Tesla's groundbreaking vehicle production and manufacturing methods, and NASA's partnership with SpaceX for lunar landings. Each of these stories presents a unique angle on how technology and innovation can address challenges and create opportunities for a better future. And if you found this episode engaging, don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcast platform you're listening on right now. It's completely free 
and we'll keep you updated and posted on all the latest episodes of the Elon Musk podcast. We have a fascinating topic to discuss. A high-profile meeting between Elon Musk and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu at the Tesla factory in California. Initially billed as a dialogue about artificial intelligence, the conversation covered a host of topics, including but not limited to anti-Semitism, the political climate in Israel, and the United States in the roles of the internet and social media in modern discourse. Now, this meeting showcased two leaders, each wrestling with challenges and criticisms, coming together to negotiate a middle ground on some exceptionally complex issues. Now, the meeting saw Benjamin Netanyahu navigating his way through a minefield of protests that extended from the San Jose airport to the Tesla manufacturing facility. The prime minister aimed to build a bridge to Elon Musk, a titan of artificial intelligence and technology to both solidify Israel's standing as a technological hub and possibly attract future Musk ventures. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Elon Musk confronted by allegations of enabling anti-Semitism on his social media platform X saw the dialogue as a chance to rebuke this criticism and explore potential solutions. Now, the conversation took a turn when the topic shifted to anti-Semitism, an issue that Netanyahu insisted required immediate attention. The Israeli prime minister urged Musk to utilize his platform to halt the spread of anti-Semitic rhetoric, all within the boundaries of the First Amendment, of course. Now, Musk responded cautiously. He expressed his disapproval of any conduct that fuels hate and discord, but was also keen to highlight the value he places on free speech. He mentioned that he is already taking steps to restrain bots that disseminate hate speech across the platform. Now, this high-profile exchange highlights the intricate balancing act between the preservation of free speech and the curbing of hate speech, a dynamic frequently discussed in social media circles. Musk, known for his libertarian tendencies when it comes to free speech, suggested a potential route. Minimize bot activity and offer greater visibility to paid subscribers, assuming this would act as a filter for more responsible speech. Now, both leaders are under the microscope for various reasons. Netanyahu faces criticisms regarding his policy directions in Israel, including concerns that his moves could deter international stakeholders. Musk, on the other hand, has been questioned about his management decisions related to X, especially his decision to cut staff responsible for monitoring and enforcing community guidelines. Both seem to seek some form of validation or support from the other. A classic example of mutual but perhaps opportunistic political affirmation. Now, the meeting between Netanyahu and Musk wasn't just an isolated discussion. It reflected a confluence of wider ambitions that both leaders harbor. For Netanyahu, attracting Elon Musk's investment would significantly boost Israel's standing in the burgeoning field of artificial intelligence. Israel has already earned a reputation for being a startup nation, and locking in a partnership with a tech magnate like Musk could give it a pivotal role in AI's future. Now, this aligns with Israel's desire to not just be a regional player, 
but also a significant participation in the high-stakes game of global technology and innovation. Now, Elon Musk, on the other hand, appears to be keen on expanding his sphere of influence beyond the tech sector. His prior conversations with Chinese authorities about the need for AI regulation point to a broader aim, to become an influencer in global policy decisions. By engaging with international leaders like Netanyahu, Musk positions himself as not just a technological innovator, but also as a thought leader capable of swaying global policy directives. This could be a pivotal transformation, as Musk's voice could potentially weigh in on the rules that govern the very technologies he's helping to create. What's more intriguing about their meeting is that these broader ambitions might well be interdependent. Netanyahu needs influencers like Musk to validate and invest in his country's tech capabilities, while Musk benefits from the political legitimacy and international standing offered by dialogues with world leaders. It's a symbiotic relationship that illuminates how technological innovation and geopolitical strategy can be intertwined, making their interaction not merely a meeting, but a negotiation with stakes that could influence technology and international policy for years to come. Now, this meeting served as a lens through which to view larger challenges in the intersections of technology ethics and international politics. And whether discussing artificial intelligence, Iran, or anti-Semitism, these conversations underscored the complexities and interdependencies of these vital topics. Both leaders seem to concur that while technology can be a potent force for societal good, it can also be a catalyst for division and conflict. Elon Musk, the owner of X, dropped this bombshell during a live streaming conversation with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu amid declining ad revenues and increasing scrutiny from civil rights groups. Could a paywall be the game-changing maneuver to win back advertiser trust and deal with the growing menace of bots? Now, let's get into this. So here's the backdrop. During a discussion predominantly centered around AI and its regulation, Prime Minister Netanyahu brought up the issue of managing hate speech amplified by bots on social media. And in response, Musk offered a solution. Charge a small monthly fee for using X. And according to him, doing so would significantly raise the bar for bots to create accounts. Each bot would require a new payment method, making it cost prohibitive for bot operations. Now, before the proposition... Musk had revealed that the platform's U.S. ad revenue had plummeted by 60%. In a prime driver, pressure from civil rights and consumer organizations influencing major brands. And while X has been trying to funnel its user base towards its paid service, X Premium, adoption rates have been anything but stellar. Some estimates peg the subscriber count for X Premium in the ballpark range of just over 800,000 users. And it's not uncommon to hear Musk make ambitious announcements, only to modify his approach later. But if we take his statement at face value, this could be a tectonic shift in the way social media operates. Not many platforms have ditched ad revenue in favor of subscriptions, although a few are dabbling in it, especially given the soft ad market. The proposition to implement a subscription fee for X brings to light a key conundrum that's polarizing tech aficionados and casual social media users alike. On the one hand, a subscription-based model could be a panacea for the platform's revenue woes, providing a steady income stream that's not beholden to the whims of advertisers or pressure from advocacy groups. After all, the subscription model 
has worked effectively in other digital spheres. Think streaming services like Netflix or Paramount Plus or any other streaming network out there or specialized news outlets. However, the other side of the coin reveals concerns about the democratization of information. One of the essential charms of social media has always been its accessibility. It's a platform where anyone can voice their opinions, seek information, or engage in discourse without a paywall acting as a gatekeeper. Implementing a monthly fee, even a nominal one, risks creating an information hierarchy. Those who can afford it will have a voice, while others might be effectively silenced or at the very least severely limited in their access to a platform that's become integral to modern communication. Then there's the question of user adoption. While Musk's figure of 550 million monthly users may or may not include bots, let's not forget that X Premium service, priced at around $8 a month, has garnered a relatively meager uptake. Only around 800,000 users, according to some estimates. And this raises questions about how willing the general user base would be to shift to a paid model, especially when the perks of X Premium, like fewer ads and the ability to edit posts, haven't been persuasive enough to convert the majority. Now, beyond the financials and the bot problem, there's the societal angle. Both Musk and Netanyahu discussed the need to balance free speech with curbing hate speech and anti-Semitism. Netanyahu urged Musk to find a middle ground, and undertaking that, while tricky, cannot be avoided given the platform's reach and its impact. And while Musk did not confirm a specific timeline or cost for the proposed monthly fee, the plan, if implemented, would alter the dynamics of the entire social media industry. It also remains to be seen how this move will align with X's existing problems, especially those tied to hate speeds and misinformation. And the backdrop to Musk's dramatic announcement is the revenue landscape that's seen better days for X. In the revelation that X has made ad revenue that has drastically declined 60%. This drop is particularly significant considering that advertising has traditionally been the lifeblood of social media platforms. And while the reasons for this are multifaceted, a significant contributing factor, according to Musk, is the rights groups and their steering brands away from the platform. It's important to remember that advertising is not just a source of revenue. It's a barometer of a platform's societal acceptance. Advertisers are cautious about the platforms they associate with, and the retreat from X indicates a deeper problem than just financial figures. The platform is facing a crisis of trust, and that extends to both the users and the advertisers. Consequently, a decline in advertiser trust can set off a chain reaction. Fewer ads lead to reduced revenues, which in turn limits the platform's ability to innovate or even maintain current service levels. It's a slippery slope that can jeopardize the platform standing in the highly competitive social media arena. Now that said, X has been attempting a workaround to this issue by promoting its premium subscription service, X Premium, which comes at a price tag of $8 per month. And despite its feature-rich offerings, there aren't that many people using it. Estimates show that 800,000 people have signed up, and that's just a drop in the ocean considering Musk's claim of 550 million monthly users. And this is an uphill battle for X and Elon Musk. They're going to have to lure subscribers to X Premium, and they have to highlight the good things about X Premium 
and shift it from an ad-based model to a subscription-based one in the future. We have an intriguing story that takes us to the frontier of biotechnology and human-machine interfaces. We'll be discussing Neuralink's groundbreaking announcement, the start of their first human clinical trial, known as the PRIME study. Now, with the green light from an independent review board, Neuralink is set to implant their brain-computer interface and paralysis patients to assess the device's safety and functionality. And it's a big step for a startup from Elon Musk that's been under both scrutiny and highly anticipated. This is the moment many have been waiting for, the pivot from animal testing to human testing. According to Neuralink's own blog, the Prime Study, short for Precise Robotically Implanted Brain-Computer Interface, will be conducted over six years. The initial phase consists of 18 months of at-home and clinic visits, followed by regular follow-ups over the next five years. The target demographic includes individuals with quadriplegia due to cervical spinal cord injuries or lateral sclerosis, commonly known as ALS. In this trial, they will have a chip surgically inserted into the part of the brain that controls the intention to move. This chip, placed by a robot, will then transmit brain signals to an app with the primary goal of enabling the individual to control a computer cursor or a keyboard solely through their thoughts. Now, let's break down what the PRIME study actually entails. After getting the nod from the independent review board, Neuralink is moving forward with this initiative focused on the practical application of brain-computer interfaces. The implanted chip is designed to communicate with an app, which will capture brain signals and translate them into actions. The immediate objective here is to give paralysis patients a way to control computer interfaces like cursors and keyboards without physical input, just by thinking about it. And the chip will be inserted by a robot into a specific region of the brain that's responsible for the intention to move. And it will be interesting to see how the technology evolves as the study proceeds over the next six years. Now, the recruitment is open to people suffering from quadriplegia due to spinal cord injuries or ALS. The study is structured in such a way that it will be including 18 months of clinic visits and at-home monitoring, followed by five years of periodic follow-up visits. And Neuralink has chosen a gradual approach, which could be a prudent decision given the sensitive nature of brain implants and the required FDA oversight. From what we've gathered, interested candidates can sign up through a patient registry on Neuralink's website providing them a chance to be part of this experimental and potentially life-altering technology. Now, this announcement also puts Neuralink in the limelight as a forerunner in the brain-computer interface arena. And despite the controversy surrounding animal testing and the death of a monkey earlier this year, the transition to human trials could be a pivotal moment for both the company and the field of biotechnology. And while the initial goal is somewhat modest, enabling individuals to control a computer cursor or a keyboard, what we're looking at here could be the cornerstone of something much larger, and the technology has the potential to help us better understand the human brain and possibly provide breakthroughs in treating neurological disorders, among other applications. Though Neuralink has been in the works for approximately five years, its experiments so far have been limited to animal testing, and these experiments have not been without controversy. In 2022, one of the test monkeys died during project testing, leading to increased scrutiny of Neuralink's practices. And Elon Musk's inspiration for Neuralink, as reported in a book by Walter Isaacson, 
comes from science fiction writers like Lane Banks. The vision is for a neural lace technology that allows for seamless brain-machine interaction. Now, last May, the company announced FDA clearance for its human clinical trials and approval confirmed by the FDA. Now, additionally, Neuralink raised $280 million in funding round led by the Founders Fund. And Neuralink didn't have an easy time getting approval for human testing, though. The FDA initially rejected Neuralink's request in 2022 due to concerns about implant migration and potential brain tissue damage. And despite previous announcements, it was only this year that they obtained the green light for trials after addressing many of the FDA's concerns. However, internal voices within Neuralink have raised concerns that the company is hurrying its technology to market, which they argue has resulted in negligent animal testing and even a federal investigation. Now, ethical questions loom large, especially when it comes to the treatment of test animals. An advocacy group for ethical science research, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, has called for an SEC investigation into Elon Musk for possible securities fraud related to his claims about the safety of Neuralink's animal trials. Publicly disclosed health records of the test monkeys showed significant health issues post-implant, including infections, brain swelling, and more. Furthermore, Musk's claims that the monkeys were close to death have been criticized as misleading or even blatantly false. While the technology is captivating, Neuralink has a long journey ahead filled with challenges, from securing additional FDA approvals to addressing ethical concerns. The path isn't straightforward. Other companies like Synchron Inc. have already implanted devices into the human brain, showing that Neuralink is not alone in this high-stakes race. The future of brain-computer interfaces is slowly materializing, but it remains a complex and sensitive area that demands the utmost caution. Jason Shahan, Tesla's director of manufacturing at the facility, has recently shared numbers that are simply staggering. And by the end of last year, Tesla had over 12,000 employees working at Gigafactory Texas. And the current count for this year exceeds 20,000. Now, the grand vision, Tesla aims to employ 60,000 people by the time it fully scales Cybertruck production at this factory. As the second largest corporate employer in central Texas, Tesla is quickly changing the employment dynamics of the region. But the company isn't stopping at 20,000 employees. And according to Sean, Tesla is preparing to scale up to 60,000 workers at Giga Texas. Now, this goal not only aims to make Tesla the largest employer in the area, but also calls for infrastructure adjustments, such as constructing a massive parking garage to accommodate the increased headcount. Now, second only to local grocery chain HEB, Tesla's workforce expansion is more than just a series of hiring sprees. It's a signal of a major economic shift and a boost to the local job market, promising to reshape not just Tesla, but the region's economic foundation. This won't just be another factory. It's a transformative project that brings along a myriad of opportunities and challenges. Now, Jason's insight at the State of Manufacturing Conference add a layer of official confirmation to the speculation about Tesla's employment strategy. This gives us a factual base to understand Tesla's unfolding plans, adding credibility to the numbers that were previously either rumored or under tight wraps. But Gigafactory Texas is not merely an assembly line for Tesla's electric vehicles. 
The factory has been conceived as a multifaceted facility that also focuses on developing battery cells and cathode material. And in typical Tesla fashion, the company is integrating several aspects of manufacturing that are usually spread across multiple factories. By producing 375,000 Cybertrucks annually and serving as the production base for Tesla's next-gen vehicles, the factory is set to become more than just a part of the automaker's global network. That's an ecosystem in itself, manufacturing several vital components and driving units in addition to the electric vehicles. Now, the complexity and scale of the operations here add an entirely new dimension to what we know Tesla can achieve. And let's not forget, these products will also contribute to Tesla's eventual employee count. Once the factory reaches full production capacity, it's reasonable to expect that the 60,000 employees will be involved in a multitude of tasks ranging from vehicle assembly to battery production and more. Now, Jason gave us a look into Tesla's ambitious plans for the Cybertruck, the electric pickup truck that's been the subject of rampant speculation with 2 million reservations already secured. The anticipation is palpable. However, Tesla has yet to disclose specific production numbers, adding a layer of mystery to the entire affair. And while Tesla's Fremont factory is said to be manually producing the Cybertruck, the series production hasn't begun at Gigafactory Texas yet. The anticipation is so high that some industry experts think that Tesla could be producing the Cybertruck for years to come based solely on the current reservation numbers. But it's not just about Cybertruck. The Giga Texas factory is also expected to increase its output of the Model Y, adding another layer of complexity to the factory's operations. Now, Tesla isn't just growing in terms of employees and product lines, though. Infrastructure is an equally crucial element to the equation. And according to Tesla, one of the most pressing challenges has been accommodating the swell of employees arriving from diverse locations, with the current workforce often traveling from various parts of Central Texas, and even as far as Houston, parking has become a critical issue. And to address this, Tesla is building a large parking garage near the factory. Notably, Tesla isn't just addressing immediate concerns, but is also working on long-term infrastructure plans. The vertical integration with the factory implies that components typically outsourced by other car makers will be produced in-house at Giga Texas by Tesla. Now, this high level of on-site manufacturing complicates the facility's needs, requiring dedicated spaces and utilities for various types of production. But it doesn't stop there. Tesla is also contemplating adding a battery recycling facility and a cathode factory adjacent to the main plant. This reflects Elon Musk's broader vision for Tesla, wherein the company not only leads in electric vehicle manufacturing, but also pioneers in sustainable practices and circular economy. Now, based on the current scale and the impending upgrades, it's not far-fetched to say that Gigafactory Texas could soon surpass Tesla's Fremont factory as the largest car plant in North America, especially as Tesla prepares to launch the Cybertruck. And the upgrades to the Model Y production line are completed, we can expect the Austin Gigafactory to take a preeminent role in Tesla's global operations. Now, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Elon Musk podcast today. These developments at Gigafactory Texas highlight just how Tesla continues to push the boundaries impacting both the automotive industry and local economies. And if you found this episode helpful, don't forget to hit the subscribe or the follow button on your podcast platform that you're listening on right now. It's free, takes only a second, 
And until next time, keep questioning the status quo and please take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll see you in the next one.